I'm Matt Castillo here with Chip Murphy, and you know today is an exciting show for us. We were just talking a little bit about you know what we're going to be doing moving forward, Chip. And um, you know the one thing that I kept saying before, leading up to this, is like I know a lot of people love, especially when the Knicks don't make the playoffs. The next thing that you kind of look forward to is the draft. You try to see who's that young guy that's going to come to the team. So a lot of people love the draft content. And we tried to touch on it some during the offseason. For me, I'm just the kind like I, – I like to know where we're drafting first before we really hit it heavy. Uh, so now that we know we have the eighth pick, uh, this is kind of what we talked about on the last show, we're probably going to fall back. It's just – it happens every single year. And we drop back to that dreaded eighth spot. I just think it's cursed right off the bat, Chip, because I think you know where I'm going with this. This is – it might not have been the last time we were the eighth pick, but I just can't get over the fact that we almost had Stephen Curry and we get Jordan Hill. That, that's, that's what reminds me of the eighth pick every single time I see it. So it's just – it's painful. It makes us cringe, but it was expected. I, I knew it was coming. I knew we were going to fall back. I find it really funny that players around the league were tweeting about the Knicks having another loss and stuff like that. Um, you know, we've we seen uh, – I'm drawing a blank on his name all of a sudden. I see his face in front of me, the player on the Kings, young player. Oh, De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox, Fox, yeah. Making fun of us as well, but I don't think he really – That was so very, random. Yeah, he can't talk very much because, you know, at his, his organization – you know, passed on Dantage, so uh, I don't, I don't quite get his trash talk. Um, but Chip, you know, here we are. We we know where we're gonna get. We got the eighth pick. There's several things that can come about it. Of course, right now you have the talk about perhaps maybe the Knicks can use some pieces, some uh, future draft picks, uh, some of the draft picks they've accumulated over the last couple of seasons to maybe try to move up in the draft. Um, is that a possibility or if we're staying eighth, who are the possible kind of targets? So that's what we're kind of going to get into today. And I, I want to start chip with the, the possibility of trading up. And, you know, this draft right off the bat is not one that's one of the more regarded drafts. It, it doesn't appear to be as deep as, as especially last year's draft or as exciting as last year's draft. And, you know, when I look at the the option, and, I, and this is why I look forward to actually having some guests join us, and I'm curious to see how they would feel about this as well, Chip, and we'll, we'll reach out to some of our guests and get them on and get their opinions on it. But when I think about the possibility of trading up, you know, there's one guy for me that I've already shared who I would have loved to have in a Nick uniform, and that was LaMelo Ball. But am I willing to – trade away a piece like Mitchell Robinson and trade away multiple draft picks just to move up from eight to like two, especially seems to be the, the number that people think is very possible to me. I just don't know how smart that is and how smart that would be, especially if you move up to number two, you got to know a hundred percent that the guy that you want isn't going number one. You know what I mean? Like you got to know what the Timberwolves are doing. 
if if Lamelo Ball was the next guy, right, and they wanted to move up to two, you best be certain that it's going to be Anthony Edwards or Wiseman is the number one pick for the Timberwolves and that it's not Lamelo because then you trade it up and yeah, you'll still get a, a nice name, a big player in this draft, but it's not the guy that you want type thing. So, you know, when I first seen we got eighth, I immediately thought like, hmm, is it possible we can kind of move up because I don't want to be in that eighth spot. But at the same time for me, I just don't know if it's worth giving up so much to not even know for sure, especially having that second pick if we will 100% get the guy that we know. And I think the Knicks know that. I think Leon Rose, even if he explored a trade possibility, would have to have some kind of information on what was going to happen at number one before he did something like that, unless if he was just fine with grabbing one of the top three players of this draft. That's also a thing. It might not be one specific guy. I just I just don't know if, if it's – you can look into it. I don't know if you pull the trigger on it. Chip, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't think any of these teams make these trades without knowledge of who the GM before them likes. So I think the only way they make that trade is if they know Gerson Rosas is in love with Anthony Edwards and is going to take him. So I think it's a huge risk to trade the Warriors and give a proven asset like Mitchell Robbins for a guy with in ball who – even though he's talented, he's a full question mark, like every other prospect in this draft. There's no proven player. Right. Robinson has proven he has all defense-level talent. He could be a defensive player of the year. We don't know what LaMelo Ball is going to be. If his jump shot doesn't hit, he's not a starter in the NBA. He's, I, I mean, I don't think he is, like, in today's NBA. So – if he, he can't play Ricky Rubio level defense right now, so we don't know. But yeah, I would not trade Mitchell Robinson for any pick in this draft. Right. That's so, the thing. It's not quite the same as last year. Like, you know, it's, I don't, I just, I, I agree with you, but keep going, keep going with your point. I just, as much as I no, like LaMelo, I just don't think it's worth it. That's, that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I trade assets. It's for any pick in this draft when all the talk is about next year's draft. Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you hold on to everything for next year? And they have this Cade Cunningham guy coming in and just wait on next year. Like, it's – I know I know hiring Tibbs means accelerate the timeline and we're moving things up, but you don't want to sell off your assets for a guy who may not be a, a stud like – we don't know. We already know Mitch is going to be a stud. So you don't want to – and if the Warriors are going to ask for anything, it's going to be – they're not going to ask for a pick. They don't give a shit about picks. They want players. So they're going to ask for Mitchell Robinson because they don't want R.J. Barrett. He's worthless to them. Mm-hmm. They want Mitchell Robinson. So if you want to trade with the Warriors, you have to give up Mitchell Robinson. Right. And that's just not a thing that the Knicks should do. Right. You know, and we talked about trading Mitchell Robinson and other things which would probably make more sense. Like, remember we had Chris on a few weeks ago and we were talking about, like, would you make a trade for Devin Booker? That's a little bit different. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, because, you know, again, you know what you're getting from a player like that. You already know that he's he's not in his prime yet and he's already putting ridiculous numbers. That's different. When you're trading a guy for somebody that you want to draft, you don't know if that guy's going to work out. Because if you trade this guy away and then you make a draft pick and it's another bust, boy, you're, you're set back even further. 
So that's, that's why I'm a little jumpy on trading up for the draft. As much as I like Lamella, and I think that he fits New York, and I don't think he's afraid of it, and I think he's the kind of player that would embrace it, there's no way. I'm already moved past that in my mind. He's not going to come to us. It's not going to happen. It wasn't in the cards. I'm not willing to make a trade for him like that. I'm not willing to give away assets and draft picks for a player that I don't know 100%. I feel good about him. I like him, but I don't there's no guarantee. And and that's the thing. I'd rather keep the the potential of Mitchell Robinson in place and not make that kind of trade. So that whole notion I'm sure is going to come up several more times as we go through this draft process to see what kind of deals could be made here and there, blah, blah, blah. But not one that I'm personally willing to make. We might have others that think that they would do it, not willing to do it in this draft. That's kind of where I'm at with, with that perspective of moving up in it I just wouldn't do it so that means if they're staying put like we feel like they should chip they'll have the eighth pick now we're going to try to look at some of those possible targets here and before we get into that you know before we start mentioning names you you talk about sometimes like when a player or, or what a team needs right like a team need or you know they need a guy that could do this they can need a guy like that so that's what I want to focus on before I start naming some guys. And I think for me, Chip, this draft should be about finding some shooters. Uh, the Knicks have been dreadful shooting the basketball for the last couple of seasons. They seem to bring in some guys that have a high percentage, you know, three-point percentage. Uh, Wayne Ellington was a guy that was like, what, 42, 40-something you know, something percent for his career. They bring him in, and he sucked. He couldn't, he couldn't make a three-pointer at all. Um, and I understand that sometimes you need more players that open up the floor for those guys that the Knicks certainly just don't have at the moment, but still got to find some young shooters. And to me, I think with both the picks in the first round here is you got to take some shooters, you know, maybe early on the eighth pick, you might look to take the best available type thing, but at some point in this first round, I think you have to pinpoint a shooter. So with that being said, my, my, guys that I'm picking are players that can shoot the basketball with a high percentage shooting the basketball from, you know, specifically behind the arc. Because in this NBA, you got to be able to hit threes. So, Chip, what is your kind of perspective on this team? Should they get the best player? Do they fit – do they draft for a team need? What would you do if you're in charge of the eighth pick for the Knicks? At eight, you go best player available. Okay, yeah. Thing. And that's and fair. that, I mean, if – yeah – if Killian Hayes is there at eight, you take Killian mm-hmm. Hayes. Three-point okay. shooting, no three-point shooting. You take Killian Hayes. He's, and I, it's so weird because it depends on who you, where you look. Like sometimes he's in the top five, sometimes he's outside the top ten. These mock drafts, they're weird. Some are higher on him than others. Mm-hmm. Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer has him number one on his big board. Yeah. So, and he's pretty, and he's pretty good. So. Maybe it's it's like the dream that he he falls to eight. It could be wishful thinking, but I, I think they have to take him if he's there. Uh, I guess Halliburton from Iowa State is not quite as I'm not quite as high on him as I am on Hayes. But I I, I don't know about you. I think I I think I would take as I know they need a point guard, but I think I'd go Vassell over Halliburton. I just I just. Uh, okay. blog something about Vassell and I'm I really like him I'm right I, there with you Chip I'm I like right there his with defense you. yeah his defense is so fucking mm-hmm. impressive yep. man. like so fucking he yep. would add something on to the point where I think he would add something on day one 
to their defense next yep. year for Tibbs. Like he would start, play a ton of minutes if he could, and shit. I I really like him. So if Hayes isn't there, I think he'd probably be two in, in terms of realistic options. You know. You know, I I agree with you a hundred percent right there. Vessel's a guy that you know I think, especially like we could potentially be losing a player like Damian Dotson, right? You know, the, the Knicks are not going to really that they didn't give him yeah, any minutes. Yeah, gone, I think. Yeah, and he's gone. You know, I, I think that's just the reality of it. And that's a little frustrating because the guy, you know, yeah, he's a little up and down, but he has that potential. Well, he's a better defender than Dotson. Yeah. He's and, a better play, defender. That's than what I was going to say. That's that's the thing is Dotson did have a little bit of a defensive uh, reputation when he came into the league. He's not an elite defender. He's not a bad defender, but he's not like an elite defender. Vessel's more known for his defense, but by the way, he also shoots 40% from three-point line. You know, you get that three and D potential. So I think if you're dropping that far back, they pick, he's one of those guys that I put ahead of Hal Burton as well. I agree. I like Hal Burton as well. He would be kind of like maybe my, my three because Killian Hayes is – that again, the one thing that does frighten me about him is that he's a, another work in progress of shooting the basketball, uh, is what I'm hearing at least. I don't know that for sure, so I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on him. I have not. I'll be honest, Chip. I haven't seen too much film. I haven't seen too much much tape, so I am not going to sit here and say he can't shoot at all. I have no idea if he can or cannot. I haven't seen it yet, but that's just what I've heard, and that frightens me a little bit because. You know, is he a better shooter than what Frank was coming into the league? Is he is he about the same? Is he worse type thing I think about? But, you know, you see the 6'5", you see the big wingspan. Him and Frank could be pretty nice, in, 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 in you know, on the defensive side of the ball. But, Chip, you, you probably have more knowledge than me on, on, on him than, you know, what I've seen. I'm far from an expert, but his offensive potential is so much higher than Frank's ball. I – I like he's he's already a better offensive player right now than Frank is a more okay. complete one a better scorer anyway so yeah and I just the three-point shooting thing I'm like I said I'm far from an expert I'm just going based off what the smart draft people are saying about his three-point shooting and to me it looks like exactly the same stuff they're saying about LaMelo Ball you know LaMelo Ball's three-point shooting looks like shit and and nobody, I mean, they're slightly concerned about it, but uh-huh. uh, they're they're saying, you know, that when he comes to the league, it, it could work itself out because his, you know, his form looks good. And I think just based off this stuff I've watched on Hayes, he's got his potential. He hits some of these shots off the dribble. That's what I guess he's made his move, uh, made his name as like the step back threes that he hits. He looks like uh, James Harden when he hits these shots. Yeah extremely impressive the stuff he does off the dribble now i guess and danny's talked about this on the show before he's got no right hand so he's that's the one of the main knocks on him but i don't know i just at eight i feel like at eight if they could grab him they might be getting like the the steal of the draft there and it it would just be extremely impressive for the knicks but Good luck like that just doesn't happen to us, does it? <laughs> it really no, doesn't. You know, and that's, With our luck, he's going to go seventh. He's going to. But, but like you <laughs> – right before us again. Uh, yeah. You know, but that's the thing about him is I've seen him, like you said, he's kind of all over the place on draft boards and all that. 
some of the last ones I've seen, I think he's fourth going to Chicago and stuff like that. So it's, it's one of, one of those things that's kind of hard to pinpoint them. My question for a Killian Hayes is like, we knew kind of when we drafted Frank that they were very, you know, he could be a good NBA player. I don't know if he's ever going to, you know, this was flat out said, don't know if he's going to turn into an elite or an NBA all-star type player, but he can be a very good NBA player. What is the ceiling higher for Killian Hayes? That's and he's only 19 years old as well. They, you know, he's, I think, I think I, I seen on DraftNet they give him like an eight and a half or something like that athleticism. But uh, you know, you never know, know these types of things for sure. Again, especially for me, it's kind of blind because I haven't seen him really play. I've always heard things about him type things. So that's that's my question is kind of where where is his ceiling? Is it is it a good NBA player or could he be a step above that? And you know, if he could be a step above that, you can get a guy like that with that potential at eight. It is a steal, but don't know if yeah. it, if it's possible type thing. Um, you know, there's there's other names being thrown out here as well. Uh, you know, trying to see, I'm looking at some of the boards right now, and just looking at some of the different things that I've seen. You know, Halliburton, of course, is in that range as well. Not a bad shooter, not a bad player. A lot of experience coming out of Iowa State. Um, Let's see. Well, you wanted to talk about you wanted to talk about Danny, right? Yes, yes, Danny, and I forgot his last name again. Adam, Adam Via, or something like that. Um, Avdia, Avdia, Avdia. That's it. That's it. That's who I was kind of. I was no, I've said somebody before we came on. It slipped me, and I'm looking through the boards trying to find this guy's name. Um, and one of the boards actually, I clicked on right off the bat has has him going to the Knicks at eight. I just didn't think that was it. I was scrolling through, skipped through the Knicks pick, and I was like, where is he? He's not even in the first round. Well, that's because he was the Knicks pick on here. Um, you know, with him, you know, a 6'8 guy, again, what I hear is that he needs to improve as a shooter. Um, but, you know, has the wingspan, has a lot of good qualities that can make him a very good NBA player. Fearful, again, of that shooter. But like you said, Chip, I think that's – I don't think that's necessarily like I, I sit here and think I think they need to find shooters. I would like them to address shooters, but you know I certainly understand your perspective of it. Is now at the eighth pick, especially when you're in a, a situation like the Knicks, you got to grab the best available. So you know, it's one of those things where if this guy is the best available at eight, based off of some of the scouts are talking about him, you might have to pull the trigger on it but you're not going to get that shooting perhaps, or, or perhaps it's going to take some time to develop and may never come. It's just, I'm trying not to get stuck into that one mindset of, okay, we got to find shooters type things because really eighth pick, you know, you, you want to try to find somebody that can develop into somebody that can actually have an immediate kind of impact type thing. And that's a little tricky in this draft chip. I, I think, you know, we have talked about this before, that the NBA is really easy to miss, right? Like even some of the best organizations that draft really well have missed bad over the years. And just, I mean, you know, Cleveland's had a good track of drafting, you know, with Kyrie, they drafted LeBron back in the day, but they've also drafted Anthony Bennett, number one, and things like that. So it's really easy. Yeah, David Griffin's a br- yeah. brilliant GM. He, exactly. he drafted Anthony yeah. Bennett. Yeah. Right. And, 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 it's it's one of those things that's really easy to to miss. Do you think that this draft, you know, because it's not looked at as being so deep, 
is one of those things where you just and maybe even like the eighth pick and back that there might be like I think about like Donovan Mitchell ends up being gold for Utah, right? But you know the the question that I'm trying to form in my mind so it makes sense because I know what I'm trying to say, but what I was about to say was not going to make any sense. You're asking um, maybe they should trade back, are you thinking? No, no, not trade back. But what I'm saying is, is it potentially like maybe the top five will get a real damn good player or something like that, and then from like six to 14 in the back end of the lottery, are we going to see maybe one team kind of strike gold here? Or do you think there can be some picks, you know, eight all the way back to the lottery or so that you can still grab a couple of good players? Because what I'm hearing, Chip, is – that this draft is just not deep. It's not deep like it was last year. It's certainly not as exciting, but is that true? Is, is, is this – like, can somebody strike gold in the back end of this draft? Is it going to be more common? You know, what's your outlook on that? Because I'm having a hard time deciding, like, is a pick really going to find somebody that could be a franchise trying to changing player, or is it more we're just going to get a very good kind of role player type thing? Yeah. We just had uh, Chris Percy Einan and John Macri – on the Hoops Addicts Anonymous podcast. Go listen to that if you get the chance. <laughs> and Chris called this the role player draft. So, okay. and he's much more of an expert than the two of us put together. So he would know. And that's what it looks like. I mean, if you look up and down at this draft and you read what these guys are saying and look at the video of these guys, I mean, outside of like Edwards and Ball. It doesn't really sound from the descriptions of these guys. It doesn't really sound like anybody is describing a superstar or a franchise player when they talk mm-hmm. about them, you know? So yeah, it sounds like you're, you're trying to get a role player. I mean, you're typically trying to get a role player outside the lottery, but even in like the low lottery, that's typically what you're going for. I mean, hitting on Donovan Mitchell, the way the jazz hit on Donovan Mitchell, that's one in a million shot. Right. That's never going to happen most of the time but yeah at eight if the Knicks I mean I was looking at the eighth picks before we came on and before I know Jamal Crawford was the eighth pick uh but yeah there's been a lot of lousy eighth picks I know when after the night we got the eighth pick Colin was going over some of the former shitty eighth picks I think Joe it's Alexander the guy you, from West Virginia cursed. was the eighth pick yeah it's cursed it's not a, it's not a great pick to have oh. yeah. <laughs> trading back trading back may not be such a, a bad idea but no, I eh, nah. I, and the reason I think why you're right, it's just not a stacked draft. Right, it's just not. And and the reason why I asked is because I think people are looking at that as a can we get somebody here that can be, you know, an impact player right away. You know, everybody's always looking sometimes for the draft to find that guy that can yeah. change the organization. Yeah, we can. Obviously, yeah. That, you know, and that that's that's the reason why I bring it up. I was trying to find the best way to kind of word it. You know, because we have some drafts where. It's not deep, but there's one team in the back end of the lottery or the middle of the lottery, that kind of strike gold type thing. You know, there's also been some drafts where you you get a few good players in it early on and then everybody else kind of just sucks. So my take on that is I think, you know, you're you're saying, Chip, you you can strike gold at any point. It could just happen. You just look at several players in the league, you know, you can find a gold strike in the second round type thing. So I think as frustrating it is to fall back and a pick, as you just mentioned before, is not historically a good pick. 
but you, you just never know type things. So I think there's several players that can be grouped with this eighth pick, which is a good thing. You can kind of pick and choose and decide certain things that can fit with this team. But again, Chip, here's another thing. A lot of this can change based off free agency, right? Like if, if they're looking for a guard, you know, there's the reports out there that the Knicks are going to be heavily trying to uh, get Fred Van Fleet from the Raptors. Once again, I'm sitting here thinking it's unlikely, but as much as I watched Van Fleet recently, I've said the last show, I love the guy. I would love that. I'm all for it. I'm pushing for it. I hope my fingers are crossed. And if we were able to land a player like that, then that eighth pick changes even more because I know they're kind of looking for a guard or a wing type thing, um, you know, but you, you may not have to go the point guard route if you, you get a Van Fleet to come run the show in the Knicks or somebody, you know, we've had Chris on and Chris is thrown in Goran Dragic. Maybe, maybe he comes in. So even though we now know what pick we're going, free agency, and we're not really going to focus on that right now uh, as we get closer to all that. And I'm sure when we finally make our, our set in stone pick, all that kind of comes into play, but it just makes you think there's several things that can happen from now to the draft, obviously, that can kind of change what they do. Uh, so it's going to be exciting. But I do like the fact, Chip, that I could see four or five different players that could make sense from the Knicks at this age pick. Like, there's options at least. It's not like it's, oh, God, if we don't get this guy, like by some miracle, if he doesn't just fall back a couple of spots, we're kind of screwed here, right? You know, I feel like you can at least get somebody that can make sense for the Knicks here. I will, I will at least say that. Trying to be somewhat positive with having the age yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, go ahead. Yeah, they, and they're no, and they're already being smart about it. It sounds like. I mean, they've already been linked to Vassell, and they've already been linked. Berman said they were interested in Okoro, and mm-hmm. I think I read they. I think they virtually interviewed Killian Hayes. So all the guys they should be looking at with the eighth pick, they've been linked to already. So hopefully, I mean. Look, I, I have uh, complete confidence in Walt Perrin. Get this right, based on his track record. Right. So as long as he's running the show, as long as he's running the show, I'm comfortable with who we take at pick eight, man. I really am. And that's the thing as well. Like you know, sometimes if they strike out right here, got to give them a little bit more time. It's a new front office. It's a, you know, these guys have experience doing things. But I do, like you just said, you made a good point. These guys have experience and have a history of drafting very well. So we got to kind of trust them. Again, it's very easy to miss though at the same time. So I'm trying to be a little patient about that. You know, as we look though, Chip, um, just to kind of get into this a little bit here and, and we'll have an episode more where we can focus more on the 27th pick itself, but kind of the same thing here. Is this where like, from your perspective, you're saying eighth pick, you got to grab the best available player. Is the 27th pick the time to go ahead and draft somebody that's a team need, a shooter or a defender or backup, whatever, you know, type thing. What's your preference on that 27th pick? Well, I guess it depends if they take uh, Killian Hayes there, but I get, or if they take Vassell, because if they take Hayes, then I would definitely target a wing there. But if they, if they do take Vassell, 
probably go guard. Or you know what? They could take two wings. I I don't know. It, it's it's interesting because there's there's guys who you know it, there's a guy like the kid from TCU, Bain. He's mm-hmm. just another. We're talking about shooting. Obviously, he's forty four percent from three. That's he's a shooter. Right. Yeah, that's a guy, but. I feel like in 2020 in the NBA, where the odds that guy is going to be there at pick 27, a guy who shoots 44% from three, that's unlikely. Uh, but I don't know. I Jeff wrote uh, Jeff Campbell wrote something for Daily Knicks today on Cassius Stanley. So and I, that 27 might be too early to take him, Cassius Stanley from Duke, the wing, and 27 might be too early to take him. I. I really like him as a Duke fan. Obviously, I would love to see him there. I knew you were going but, with some uh, big players back here. I just had yeah, that yeah, yeah. There's going to be some Trey yeah. Jones or something. Yeah, it's coming about. This. I was I knew gonna. It was coming. Well, I've talked. I've talked about Trey Jones like five times on the podcast already. So right. obviously, Trey Jones is the more realistic selection for that. Uh, and I think Trey Jones would be a pick for them. So, and they could probably catch us in the second round anyway. So Trey Jones won't last until the second. Trey Jones may not last until pick 27. Who knows? I'll tell you what, I just had a very dumb moment. I just, I mean, I got to tell myself here. I was looking through and I see Trey Jones, right? And I read sophomore and I'm thinking he's not, is he even eligible for this draft? Because I've been talking so much college football lately (laughs) on my radio show. I was thinking like, he's not even eligible. How does that work? I was like, oh yeah, that's not, that's not a three year rule in college basketball. I just had a really dumb moment right there. I'm I had to tell him myself. I like to make fun of myself. And that, that was uh, – I was really thinking hard of, oh, this has to be a mistake. He is not eligible for this draft type thing. but Or that has to be a typo or something. But, um, you know, yeah, I, I look at it and that back end, you know, the, is, is a bookie or whatever is some of, the, some of the drafts that I've seen. One that I was looking at right now has him from Kansas, you know, the 6'11 center. Um, who, who had a very nice collision. There's no career. way. But no, there's I no way that's how you pronounce I his name. I, it's, it's not, <laughs> but you know me. I just I, I dribble, <laughs> I shoot, I hope for the best. It's, it's not Izabuki. Whatever. Whatever. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> you know, but you know who I'm talking about, people. You guys all know. The guy from Kansas, big dog guy. Throw it. I, I, I'm going to butcher names. I'm not good at it. I, I just, I'm not. Um, but. You know, I had to ask you about the, the guy from uh, Denji or whatever, his name today. I'm going to screw it up. Again, it took me two years to pronounce Frank's name right. <laughs> I just learned how to pronounce my second favorite player in the league, Dantage's name right, a couple of weeks ago. I, 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 don't, I don't know. But, you know, I look at some of these back-end guys, you know, uh, Winston from Michigan State, backup point guard, a lot of experience uh, yeah. you know, with him. I think that could be if, – if we don't go guard already and with the first pick could make a lot of sense here. Um, you know, the guy from Kansas who I'm talking about, I think it's as, as <laughs> something like that, had a very nice collegiate career. I don't know how much it translates to the NBA. I, I do acknowledge the fact that if you followed his career some, um, you know, he's had, he has a history of working very hard and, and, you know, improving his game each and every single year, which is a good sign. The guy's coachable, plays hard type thing. Um, I just seen that name on here, uh, but it all depends really on the first pick, you know, free agency, things like that. Uh, you know, 
I don't mind seeing some new guys on the roster either, Chip, just saying. You know, it's not my favorite team, my favorite, but, you know, it's a program that <laughs> – I'm aware of that. Yeah. You know, it, it's a program I don't like to not see do well. I root for them a lot. Um, so uh, I don't ever have a problem with getting players from organizations like or, or programs like that, you know, that are coached by Coach K. I mean, you know, I don't know – how well Trey Jones is going to translate to the NBA, but, you know, a very good college player and definitely was a player that ran that offense, especially year one, very successfully, even though they couldn't shoot threes with that, that group. But um, he was kind of the forgotten guy because of Zion and RJ and all that, but uh, certainly a very good talented player himself. Uh, you know, of course, I, I'm looking forward to this chip because you know, I think in like the next couple of weeks, we could start kind of profiling some players, some possible players. But the one name that I've been hearing nonstop about is Cole Anthony from North Carolina. We kind of have talked about him before on here. And I mean, I've seen such a huge push for Cole Anthony the last couple of weeks. You know, like, oh, I think people are sleeping on this guy, you know, type thing. You know, he could impress in the workout, blah, blah, blah. And I'm kind of – I'm still on my same stance that I was a few weeks ago. I just think he's a – he's the best player on a bad team. And his numbers look a little bit better from that. You can argue some numbers might look worse because of that. But, you know, the knee injury type thing, I know we'll start profiling players like that. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on this Cole Anthony thing. I don't know if you've seen that as well, but I'm seeing a lot of people are like, maybe we shouldn't sleep on him and kind of – consider him with the eighth pick do you think that's a realistic possibility for the eighth pick can, can the Knicks go that route I think the the Knicks fans that are pushing for Cole Anthony are like, like the Tommy D kind of Knicks Twitter that are that are like pushing for Jason Kidd or Mark Jackson to be the coach you know like that insane kind of old old school right. Knicks fan so is anyone like in touch with the modern NBA really pushing for Cole Anthony after the performance he had at North Carolina. I, I haven't seen that. Have you, or are you talking about Facebook people? No, not Facebook people. I've seen, I've seen it on Twitter. I, of course you see everything on Facebook. I mean, you, you see everything yeah. on Facebook. I'm at the point where I really can't do Facebook because it, it's so bad. It's so bad, but no, on, on Twitter, I've seen a lot of people. It could be a little bit different for me, Chip, seeing a lot more of it because uh, he, he went to North Carolina. You know, I'm currently in South Carolina. Right. There's a lot yeah, of North Carolina true. fans. Um, believe it or not, there's a lot of Nick fans in this area. There, there, really, there really are. Every time I go to Charlotte for games, and Nick fans are everywhere, you know, every city you look to. But the place has a lot of Nick fans every time that I go. It's really cool to hang out with a lot of fans and all that stuff. But um, I think that's part of it as well that I know a lot of Nick fans that are from around here that are into like North Carolina or something like that. So they push for their, their guy to kind of be drafted by the team. I think that's kind of natural, but at the same time also isn't always the best thing, you know? And if you really think about it, I just Cole Anthony and he could be, and people get like so defensive when you say like, you know, Oh, well watch him have success. I hope he does. You know, I'm not saying anything like I, I don't think, you know, I wish that he doesn't succeed so I can be right, which there are plenty of people out there in the world that kind of have that mindset sometimes that they hope they're right so they can just go, yep, I'm right. That's not that's not where I'm at with him. I just, I just feel like the team was trash this year. 
he was the best player on it. I mean, the ball was going to be in his hands a lot. The knee injury is concerning. I, again, I think we could take a further look at this down the, down the line when we start profiling some players, um, you know, type thing. We might have a, a show where we each have a player that we, we get assigned to kind of profile strength, weaknesses type things. Cause that's what I want to kind of get into uh, this year in the draft. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, last year, it, it, we kind of knew we were going to get one of the three guys and then, you know, uh, well, we knew two guys, I should say, because we knew Zion was going number one. It was either RJ or, or Morant, even though it was kind of clear we were going to get RJ um, mm-hmm. type thing. So we kind of pinpointed with him. It was really easy to do so. You know what I mean? This year we're back where we have multiple options. So there's going to be so much more players that we can kind of look into, which kind of makes me a little bit excited to start kind of getting heavy back into some draft analysis. But um, I think Cole Anthony could be a, a fun one down the line where we look at some player profiles type things and uh, try to figure out, you know, strengths, weaknesses of these players. I think he's an interesting one to talk about because he is a name and he plays for, you know, a big university that did not have a great year this year. He did have some great performances, especially early on in the season. I think he was like averaging 40 points a game in the first like two or three games of the season where he was just putting up ridiculous numbers. Uh, So there is some excitement factor from there, but does that translate to this level? Does that translate into a, a team getting a guy that's going to be able to do that at the NBA level? I don't know type thing. But I just wanted to mention it out there because I've just seen that thrown out there. Uh, but for me, Chip, I'm at the point where it's the last call segment. Anything else that you would like to mention? We, you know, with the eighth pick, the back end of the draft pick, uh, any thoughts on the lottery in general? Anything we talked about? You got any last closing thoughts? Oh, we didn't talk about Obi. No, talk we didn't. about Obi Toppin. Yes, that's no. a good one as well. I, I and I think for me, Chip, the reason why every really, I don't think he's going to be there. Uh, it, yeah, I think he's yeah. going to be gone within the top five of this draft. But very good player. Would not mind to see him fall to the eighth pick as well. I I would be happy with you. That. I would. That's what I wanted to know. I was going to ask if you're high on him. Yeah. Yeah, I would be happy with it. I mean, I, again, I'm not saying he's a guy that's going to change the franchise and, and you know, be, but, he, but he has a, a very, uh, you know, a skill set that I think could contribute right away to the team, you know, type thing. You know, ups and downs like any rookie. But, no, I, I do like him. I just think he's a player that's in the top five. Probably. I'm trying to see where this draft has him, actually. This mark, this is on DraftNet that I'm looking at. He is six to Atlanta. Six nine. Atlanta could that would be a good pick for Atlanta as, as well. Some of the some of the young talent they already have there, right there, that could be an interesting fit for them as well. So uh, I I like him, Chip. I I wouldn't mind to see him at the eighth pick as well. Um, but well, the ringer has him going eighth to the Knicks. Okay. You know, and I, again, that, that would not upset me at all. Is there anybody in this before us that could fall back to us that you go, you know what, is not a fit for the Knicks? You know, is there anybody that you know can think of that you just go, ah, this guy probably doesn't make sense for us? You know, to me? Uh, I'm kind of hoping James Wiseman goes before us. 
just based yeah. on everything I've heard. He's going to go. He's going to go. He, he, he'll be gone before. Maybe I just think a team like the Charlotte Hornets will take him. You know, without ever seeing him in college, Total seeing out the year, Michael Jordan player. I, I, Total I think Michael Jordan player. I think that's played where he's for going. Penny Hardaway. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's where he's going. I don't think he's going to fall back even anywhere near to us. Um, you know, the Denji pick. It's it, it could be from a spot of not really knowing much from him. Again, it's just about the shooting for me. That's the, all I keep saying around here. Killian Hayes, I know, isn't much of a shooter as well, but there's other things that I like that are intriguing about him to me that can be a fit. Um, those are kind of the guys that I'm thinking. Like, like Denji, I don't know. It could be because I don't know enough about him. Frightens me. You know, anytime you get an international player, especially in New York, people freak out. Um, you know, I think they've done better with that as late because, you know, Przingis did work out for like 2.7 oh, seconds. Oh, no, they no, they haven't. Now no. that Killian Hayes is – Killian Hayes plays in France, so they're Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. He's he, U.S. born, he was, though. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah, people will freak out. People – especially mm. especially if you are not high on Frank Milakina, right? Like, if you if you – Draft Killian Hayes, you will have people screaming Frank 2.0. Guarantee it. Guarantee mm-hmm. it. And this is, this is, for me, that's not been Frank's biggest supporter. I, I haven't. I, I'm not going that route. I would love to give him a chance to see what he can do type thing. But I just can just see it now. Killian Hayes drafted by the Knicks. He'll be labeled as Frank 2.0 in so many Knicks fans' Which, lives. Watch a fucking – in video of Killian Hayes <laughs> and see how different he is than Frank Nilakina. Right. Fucking idiots. Right. That, and that's my only thing about Killian Hayes is just knowing that. And like I said before, again, not pretending to be the expert on him or anything like that. I go based off of what I've heard. I have seen some things, but not enough to really come out and be like, Hey, you know, this type thing. But I, I get a different feeling of, his scouting report of what I've heard from him than Neil Aquina coming in. It's just the shooting type thing. And I, and you know, you can kind of live with that if he can do other things and you can find shooters elsewhere to kind of fill around the team. But uh, with that said, Chip, I, I, I don't have anything else more to add. Do you have anything, anything else you want to touch? Well, I think no. we're going to call it a wrap. Uh, we'll wrap it up. We'll be back next week. I think, you know, Next week should be one of those shows, Chip. I think we should have some kind of guest to join us uh, and, and talk a little bit, kind of touch bases, what we talked about today, get somebody's outside perspective on that. we got to get Danny's perspective as well. Danny could not do the show. Danny's busy right now. I feel bad for Danny. Uh, Danny's very he, busy with hockey, working, the hockey players Hockey, too. baseball, basketball. I mean, that means he's having to yeah. do everything right now. So shout out to Jesus. Danny. Um, he will get his opinion as well, but I'm interested in to see some of the questions that we've kind of gone through today, get an outside perspective from it. Uh, and then, you know, you should expect on here that we're going to start profiling some players. If there's any players that uh, you would like us to profile, you know, first, let us know. Again, the, the Twitter account is MYKSOM podcast. Reach out to us. Um, you know, we, we've done polls before on their chip of what to talk about. Maybe that, maybe that would be one we could throw up there is what player would you like us to do a, a profile on, you know, first type thing. So we should have that out. Uh, but we're going to be heavy draft 
moving forward here with this. So we're looking forward to it. And we'll be back next week for another episode episode of the Next State of Mind podcast. Thanks for listening.